Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The basis for our message is the gospel lesson read earlier. Jesus telling the disciples to pray for the workers in the harvest field, and then Jesus sending them out. Early on in our marriage, Heidi would make dinner, and then at the end of it, she wanted to know whether she should make it again. So she asked me, how did you like it? And I would say, good. And then she'd ask me the next night, well, what did you think? I said, it was good. And the next night, what do you think? It was good. Uh, And so it was all good. Um, But Heidi really wanted to know whether I really liked it. But but I was thankful for it. I wasn't going to say anything besides it was good. So, So Heidi came up with her own system. She stopped asking me. What she would do is she would watch and see if the next day if I would eat the leftovers for lunch. Then she'd know if I really liked it or not. Again, our actions demonstrate more than our words. And our actions demonstrate that which we really like and that which we love. And we see this in the gospel lesson today. In the gospel lesson today, we hear our Lord speaking about his compassion for the people and trying to get the disciples to have compassion. And he demonstrates that that true love, true compassion involves action. And Jesus himself demonstrated that. And he wanted his people to demonstrate that. He wants us to demonstrate that. And so that's what we're going to do. We're going to look at the text today. We're going to go back over it verse by verse and see our Lord in action, demonstrating compassion. And we're going to be reminded that part of the action that our Lord calls upon us to do is to pray. But but prayer is the first step. And, And so we're going to look at all of this. So we go back to the beginning. And Jesus went through all the cities and the villages, teaching their synagogues, proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction. As you hear this, don't you see that Jesus is concerned about the whole person? He's there in their synagogues proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom, that he has arrived. The kingdom has arrived in him. And he's there to bring salvation. He's concerned about their souls. So concerned is he that he's on his way to the cross to suffer and to die for those souls and to rise so that they might have eternal life. But he's not just concerned about their spiritual welfare. He's concerned about their physical welfare. Notice that he goes around and he heals every disease and every affliction. He's concerned about the whole person. And it's a beautiful demonstration of the Lord's love for you. He's concerned about you as the whole person. He's concerned about your life and your salvation. He's concerned about your soul. That's why he died for you. That's why he rose for you. But he's concerned about your whole person. He's concerned about your health, your welfare, your finances, and every aspect of your life because he wants you to enjoy all that God has given and to know that you are loved. It's a beautiful picture of a love that the Lord has for us. But we turn to the text. But when Jesus saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. Jesus was concerned about the whole person, but as he looks upon the people in the crowd, he sees their problem. He sees their need. But not only does he recognize their need, he recognizes their inability to solve their need. Their inability to make things right. They were harassed and helpless. They were lost. They needed help, and and the Lord was there. Think about that description. They were harassed and helpless. That actually is a good description of us. 
Do you ever feel harassed? Do you ever feel frazzled? Do you ever feel overwhelmed? And, and we are all helpless. We might be quick to, to agree to the harassed part, but we don't like to admit the helpless part. We have needs, and, and all of us have different needs. Your need might be one of physical nature. You might have disease or sickness or illness that you're fighting. There might be something financial. There might be something within your home and with your property. There, there might be something within your family that you're struggling with. Might be something with your finances that you're struggling with. We all have those those things, and they make us feel harassed. But we are also helpless because because everything that we endure is a reminder of our spiritual need. And every time we try to fix it, we're unable to do so. Think about how many times in life you've you've, you've attempted to try to put your life in order to get everything together to make it the way it should be in your mind. How successful are you? How well does it go? We're not able to, to put it together. We cannot fix it because we cannot fix the spiritual aspect of our need. And so we need to recognize that we need something more than ourselves, something greater than ourselves to, to, to fix everything. But Jesus continues. Then Jesus says to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the labors are few. Therefore pray earnestly for the Lord of the harvest to send out labors into his harvest. Jesus wants the disciples to have the same compassion that he does. He, he gives them the definition that, that the, the harvest is plentiful. There are people who are in need, and there are people who need God's love and need their, his direction. And he wants them to recognize it. He wants them to have compassion. And he wants their compassion to bring about action. Because that's what true compassion does. And so what does he tell the disciples to do? To pray. That, that's the first action that we can do. And isn't that a wonderfully effective action? That, that our Lord tells us that the prayers of the faithful are indeed effective. And he wants us to pray. He, he wants us to recognize the needs of, of others and, and to begin actions. And that begins with our prayers. You see, this is one of our failings to see the needs of others. So often we're so focused on our own needs. We've got things going on in our life, right? And we get so fixed in on, on trying to fix that and, and worrying about that and, and focused on that that our eyes aren't open to the needs of the people around us. And isn't this one of the things that prayer does? Because prayer doesn't only affect the people we pray for, it also affects us. He wants us to, to respond and to act, to see others the way that he sees them, as people in need. The next part of the gospel lists the 12 disciples. But after he does this, he then, we are then told that these disciples Jesus sent out, instructing them, go nowhere among the Gentiles and enter, or, and enter no town of the Samaritans, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. It's, it's, it's interesting. Jesus tells the disciples to pray, and then Jesus says, go. Pray for workers. And what, what does Jesus say? Well, you're the workers. You're the answer to the prayer, is what he is saying. That, that, that you are to pray for workers to go out in the harvest field, and, and you're the ones that are going to go out. That, that God is a God of means. That, that God helps others through, helps people through other people. That that's the way that, that it works. Prayer is an important part of this. And think about this for your own self. We, we don't think of it this way, but do you realize you're the answer to prayer? We don't think of ourselves as the answer to prayer, but yet we, we are. As we pray for others, 
Does God not use us to help and to support, to encourage? As we pray for the needs of the people around us, isn't God going to use us? And again, as I said earlier, prayer affects us. As we pray for others, are we not more in tune and sensitive to their needs? Aren't our eyes open more to, to, to the help that they could have? Are we not then able to, to realize that, that we could be that help? And as we pray, we, we open up the scripture and we read the word of God. And that, that Holy Spirit is at work, not only giving us a love for our neighbor, but, but giving us the power to respond, to help, to, to help in some form, with a card or action of, of some way. That, that's the way that the Lord operates. The Lord helps us and loves us, and now we are able to go forward helping and loving others. And it's very practical the way the Lord tells the disciples to help. He says in verse 7, And proclaim as you go, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse lepers, cast out demons. You receive without pain, give without pay. The disciples were to be concerned about the whole person just like Christ. They were to proclaim the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The wonderful news that a Savior has come for them. And then the Lord gives them the power to, to raise the dead, to heal the sick, to cleanse the lepers, that they, they are to treat the whole person, to help them in their physical needs, and to do it without pay. That, that again, we, we do it like Christ, that it's a response of our love we, that they were to do it not motivated by response or reward, but just because the Lord loves them. It's all a reminder of the way that the Lord has operated upon us. He's been concerned about our whole person. He comes to us today and, and offers us faith. He, he comes to us to remind us what he's done for us, that he's died for us, that he's risen for us. He comes and fills your heart with love. How can we respond in any other way but going forward? And this is the way we are to do it, that, that we are to be concerned about the whole person, all the people that we have in our life, our neighbors, our friends, our classmates, who, whoever we can come in contact, we're concerned about the whole person. And, and that concern involves sharing the faith, announcing to them that the kingdom of God is at hand, that Christ has come, he has come for them. Invite them to come and find out for themselves and to recognize the love that the Lord has for them. And we're going to be concerned about the whole person. Now again, the Lord hasn't given us the power to heal the sick, raise the dead, and cleanse the lepers. But he has given us the ability to help physically, has he not? To be there for one another when they are in need. He's given us that, the ability, and he gives us the opportunity. And again, we do it not for attention, not for reward, but simply as a thanks to God for the love that he has shown us. The Lord loves you. How could you uh, respond in any other way but than to love him and to love those that God has given to you? Again, when we look at this text as a whole, we see our Lord demonstrate compassion. It's an action. And it's also in prayer. As I was studying for this, I was, I was, it was interesting to me to think that the Lord calls upon us to pray for one another. And it's the Lord that still intercedes for us. He's already set the example. He, he's before the Father of pleading for us. And we saw examples in his lifetime ministry that he prayed for us in the Garden of Gethsemane. The, the, the picture that we see up there is a reminder that the Lord prays for you 
in that garden. He prayed for the disciples and he prayed for those who would believe on account of them. That's you and me. And the Lord intercedes for us, but our Lord acts as well. He acted clearly on the cross. But don't ever forget, the Lord continues to act in your life. He's present today. You're going to receive him in his body and blood. He's present today announcing forgiveness. He goes with you. The Lord is active in your life, providing what you need. Peace, comfort, love, and forgiveness. Amen. Now may the peace of God which surpasses all human understanding guide our hearts and minds to true faith, to life everlasting. Amen.